Man, we're glad that you're here today. I'm going to come out of a, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change gears here. Uh, I'm going to set it up this way. I, I want to do this message, and it's, uh, hallelujah. Hey, man, that's awesome. And uh, uh, what I want to do is, I want to show you, and I want you to, this is participatory. Okay, I love saying that word because I just spit a lot. Okay, but participatory. Say that word with me. Participatory. Yeah, easy for you to say. Okay. I'm going to show you some images on the screen. And I just want you to yell out if you know who they are. Let's look at the first one together. Who would that be? Who? Yeah, so he didn't want to say it loud because his wife's sitting next to him. Okay. Marilyn Monroe. All right, let's look at the next one. Who's that? Here we go. Who is it? Jimi Hendrix. Okay, yeah. You, you're like, whatever. All right, let's look at the next one. Who's that one? I got some rock and rollers in here. All right, Janis Joplin. Okay. All right, next one's kind of tough. No, he ain't the king. Jesus is the king. There he is. Elvis, okay. All right, next one. Oh, y'all, y'all starting to wake up a little bit. Okay, Belushi. All right, let, let's see the last one. Yeah, Chris Farley. Okay. You're saying, why did you show those in church? They all got something in common. They're dead. They got something else in common. They overdosed. They got something else. A lot of pressure was on their life. Stardom, celebrity status, I don't know, probably payrolls, family, friends, everybody waiting on them. I mean, have you thought about this one that just won the lottery last night that won 590 something million dollars? Man, I wish she came to Christ community. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't it be crazy? She ain't got your number yet. And can you imagine all the people she's going to find out she was related to? She didn't even have a clue. You know, I, I, you know she probably, I, don't know what it, I don't know what their family dynamics are, but I promise you they're going to get a lot better in the weeks and months and years to come. All right, here's what I want to do. First point, I want you to fill in an outline. Pressure leads to panic. It just does. These celebrity people that I showed to open up today, they had a lot of star power. They had a lot of money. They had a lot of influence. Wrong influence, but they had a lot of influence. And yet, that pressure just led them down a road. It's like, let me ask you this. How do you deal with pressure? You got a pile of bills in this hand. And you got nothing in this hand. Does, do I have a witness in the house? And I don't know. I, I know you're saying, well, pastor, I got a pile of cash in this hand and no bills in this hand. You come forward right now. I'll give you some bills. Okay, all right. Uh, here it is. You're caring for aging parents. As, as your parents get older, that gets very difficult, puts a lot of pressure. You have children at home. That can be pressure-oriented. You have a rebellious child at home. That's very, very hard. Your job has grown boring and mundane, and you're only 25. That's, that's pressure. Your relationship went south. That's a lot of pressure. For the students that have been in school with upcoming finals, if they're still not graduated, tests are upcoming. That's a lot of pressure. Okay, so pressure leads to panic. You know, there's a lot of other pressures. I, I, talking to people as pastor, people talk to me about problems and sin and difficult situations and uh, addictions and things that have just kind of snuffed the life out of them and things are, things are really hard for them. But I want you to film this next one with me. Panic leads people to what? 
to temporary problems with permanent solutions. Years ago, I got intrigued with the subject, and our community's been taken by it. I've dealt with it for over 30-something years now professionally. And it's called suicide. It's the big S. Nobody wants to talk about it. And people, basically, they have a problem. They have insurmountable pressure. Life seems overwhelming. There seems to be no way out. They grow hopeless, despair, doom, discouraged, depressed. And they choose a permanent solution. It's affected us. It's affected people sitting next to you. It's affected our world. I hate to say it, it affects somebody we probably know in 2013. So this pressure. And here's why I say all this. You're saying, boy, you kind of got us laughing. Now you guys are in the pit, bro. What are you going to do with that one? I got good news. Our God fights for us. You could have said amen. Our God fights for us. Doesn't matter where you're at. You just got a diagnosis and they go, you've got cancer. No, you've got terminal this. Hey, this just happened here. This went south. That, and then just, you're like, wow, panic, pressure. What am I going to do? And this past week, I was just studying over at Exodus, and I just kept reading this passage over and over. And I started reading every translation, and I just started seeing how good the goodness of the Lord was and that he's a fighting God. And he doesn't leave you and me alone. Matter of fact, he promises that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll never abandon us, that he'll be with us and he'll take us through that. So God wants to fight for us. If you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14, turn there with me. Exodus 14. And if you don't already have this marked, you should mark this in your Bible. This is a great passage. The Egyptians here, they're on a hot pursuit of the Israelites. They're chasing them into the sea, destroying them. They've come out of the wilderness. Things are tough. And look down there in verse 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. And the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. And the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. You read that and you're like, man. I mean, they're on hot, you know, earlier in the scripture, it says, man, they're discouraged and they're moaning and they're murmuring and they're complaining and they're in the wilderness. And like, man, we could have we dug our graves out there. And now you got us here and you're going to lead us. And, and man, now death is impending and they're on our tail and they're chasing us. Like, man, this, it, it, it's got to get better. This, this is not a good situation. In different translations, it just says, the Lord is fighting for you, so be still. I think in the King James, it says, the Lord is fighting for you. Hold your peace. Write that in the margin today. Just hold on. Be calm. Hold your peace. Jehovah will fight for you. One another translation says, Yahweh, God, Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, he will fight for you. Somebody came this morning, and you need to hear this word. And I'm going to say it over and over because my prayers, it's just going to get in you today. It's going to get in your spirit. You're going to go, man, the Lord's fighting for me. And you're saying, well, I don't need it today. Well, you need it. You just don't think you need it. Tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, this word's going to come back around. The Lord's going to show us. And yet, you know what we do? We feel like the Lord's slow. We feel like he's too slow. He's not acting on our behalf sometimes. I mean, I, I've confessed that. I'm ashamed. Me, a little faith. Sometimes I feel like, Lord, 
couldn't you hurry up and do that like now or maybe yesterday? I mean, how many people here have been praying a prayer over six months? Yeah, I've been praying. I've been praying one 35 years. I mean, you're saying, man, we need a new pastor, man. You've been praying one that long. Well, that's my tough prayer. I got other prayers. I pray six seconds and it gets answered and six minutes and six hours. But sometimes it's just hard. And he's telling here the Israelites. And yet I want you to write this down. This is just extra. Commit your Red Sea situations to the Lord. We've all got Red Sea deals in our life, ordeals. And they might not seem as big as this when we read from the historical account of Holy Scripture. But to you, they're just as big. Your bill collector, your whatever in your life, it's right on your heels, man. It's eating your lunch. And this morning, you hear the word of the Lord, and he says, Yahweh, God, I will fight for you. Hold your peace. Stay calm. Hold that peace. The prophet Isaiah said, He who keeps his mind on him, I will keep in perfect peace. If steadfastly we set our mind upon the Lord, God says he'll keep us in peace. Man, that's a good word. You stand on the banks, and yet you know you need to cross over. And yet there's an enemy, and God says, come on over. When we started this church in 1996, the first message I ever preached, I called it crossing over. We were crossing over into a new paradigm, into a new style of worship for our community, into a new church called Christ Community. And I thought, man, what a great place to start. Crossing over. And I'm so glad I crossed over. How about you, church? How about you, church? This will make sure y'all with me. Like, man, you by yourself now, bro. No, no, no. I'm with you, man. We're fighting together. And we fight in community. And yet, unfortunately, when peace doesn't come, we kind of toss God aside or we go, God, you didn't deliver. How do you think they feel? I mean, we read here in the scripture in chapter 14, verse 10, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, they looked up, they panicked when they saw the Egyptians. That's not having a good day, guys. And then you go down there, it says, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? And then here comes this passage, passage 13 and 14 there. It's like right in the middle, God infuses hope right into the midst of the people's hearts you know this morning that's what i do as a preacher i hope as a, i want to inspire you i want to motivate you i want to encourage you i want to put hope in your heart i want to inspire you to walk with christ every day and to follow him and to endure and to finish this race and to say i'm not going to be a person of little faith i don't care if the doctor gives me a bad report i'm going to hold out i'm going to hold my peace the school counselor calls about your child don't raise your hands if that's ever happened you're going to hold out. The bills are piling up. You're going to hold on to your peace because Christ has told you to. Your relationship, you were in that dating relationship, you were in that marriage, you were in that situation, and it ended. And you're going to hold your peace because you've chosen to let the Lord fight for you. Because that's what he tells us in Scripture. That's what he promises he'll do. But the Apostle Paul, right down this morning, Hebrews 10, 23. I love this passage. I'm, I'm in the Old Testament coming out of that passage today. But there's a little verse there in the 23rd verse of chapter 10. Listen to what it says. Let us hold fast to the profession of faith without wavering. Don't shrink back. Don't fall back. Don't waver. Press on. Endure. I'll see it to the end. Oh, God, I'm glad that you're that kind of guy that you hang in there with us and you show us. And yet I, I got a question. Do you believe? Do you believe God won't bail on you? Do you believe that God won't just leave you alone? Do you believe that God will come through? Do you believe that God will deliver you? I just want to know, does anybody here believe this morning? 
Do you believe? Yeah. When you don't see a way. You know, that's the thing, man. You, like, I don't see any way. And that's when I think, man, we're subject to a miracle from heaven. And we go to the doctor, and I love doctors. I'm grateful for their education and their training and all the things they offer. But they're not God. And God has the last word. In whatever situation, I, this morning, I just feel like somebody needs to hear this word today. They're going to be encouraged by faith to believe that, you know what? God's working a testimony in me right now. This morning, the conclusion of this service, we're going to celebrate a testimony of a family. And it's really kind of just beginning. It's been writing for a long time. Tomorrow, as they pull out, wow, that testimony gets a little more like, yeah, this is for real. And we'll go there in a minute. Psalm 37, verse 7 and 8, right there in that reference. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret, it only causes harm. Whew, I need that verse. Don't fret because it causes your emotions and your spirit and your body harm and damage and heart disease and depression and defeat. And yet God says, don't be anxious. Wait patiently for him. I don't know about you, but guys, I'm going through a situation right now where I'm waiting on the Lord. And I'm waiting on the Lord. And can I say it again? I'm waiting on the Lord. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been waiting on the Lord, anybody? Yeah. I just heard somebody, I know he's been waiting on God. He's been waiting for a big deliverance. And a lot of you are like, well, no, I'm pretty content, preacher, man. Things are going really good. Well, you just hold on. You'll get your turn next. Everybody gets a turn. And we get to wait. But as we wait, God infuses us with power is what he tells us in Scripture. He says, I'll come. And, but, you know, he, he goes through this whole thing about waiting and being standing still and watching the Lord. In verse 14, look at it. The Lord himself will take up armor. He will take up, he will fight for you. He's a warring God. But then it says, just stay calm. Just hold your peace. Man, that's, that's a hard part for me. Moses is trying to instruct the people as God's speaking here. And yet, a lot of times, we mistake just sitting around for passivity. And I want to remind you and me, I need to hear this, our God is an active God. Our God is a God of action. And God's not so much into passivity. He is into waiting. He is into patience. But our God conquers. Our God is more than a conqueror. You believe that, don't you, church? And he's taking, even though it doesn't look like he's doing Something, he's behind the scenes orchestrating. So there's action here today. And prayer always has to be the first priority. You know, Pastor, you always talk about that because I believe it because Scripture teaches it. Prayer has got to be at the top that we go to the high place and we pray and we lay our petitions and we lay those situations before the Lord. And we continually lay them and we circle them, if you will, as Mark Batterson says in The Circle Maker. What a great read. But we lay our work before the Lord, but we wait. But then there's a time that you got to get up. You got to say amen. And you got to do something because God has led you to a place of action. In other words, God would say, it's time for you to shut up and it's time for you to get moving. Because if you'll go on in verse 15, it says, just stay calm, get moving. He's telling the people here, all right, now, y'all need to move. Watch me, watch God. See, it's, it's, this, this verse is all these right here. It's really hard. Because it says, like, well, you just said sit around and do nothing. That's not what I said. I said sit. Fix your 
mind. Fix your peace on him. Look to him. Let the Lord fight for you. But then he will instruct you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And he will fight and show you when to move. Here's one. I hear this a lot. You know what, preacher? I need a job. Okay, tell me what you're doing. Are you praying? Oh, yeah, preacher. I've been praying. Okay, well, good. What else you done? I'm sitting around watching Price is Right every morning. I'm watching my shows. I'm watching Dr. Oz. And, man, I'm believing and I got faith. Now, what would you tell them? What would you tell them? I'll come over and sit with you. <laughs> I'd say, you know what? Some things you ought to be doing. You ought to be believing in faith. You ought to be trusting God. You ought to be updating your resume. You ought to be out knocking on a few doors, working, showing God your faith. How many agree with that, church? That's the kind of God we got. I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm praying about it. Prayer is always my priority, and I think it's God's. But then there's time to take action. And that's what I hope you leave here, that faith isn't passive, it's active. The faith is because faith is knowing who God is, and we act accordingly as we watch him work. That's the beautiful thing, when Christ works. Look at this thing here, it says, God created us and loves us and wants to fight for us. Fill it in. God wants to fight for you. I love that. God, you fight for me. Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, the 20th verse, he says this, and when you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, and then, and only then, God will fight for us. But then the passage that I want you to write down, you've got to write this verse down if you write any verse down today. Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. I wrote about this some time ago, and I, always, I have it back on my, in my cave, back in the back. It says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. I believe that we serve a God that is a warrior that has never been defeated. He's unmatched. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He's a warrior. I love the theme of a warrior. And our God doesn't, he doesn't know defeat. Even when they laid Jesus in the tomb, the devil did his jig and the devil thought, man, I've won and Christ is defeated and all this stuff's over and now I can be elevated to my position that I want. But little did he know, Jesus would conquer the grave. As we celebrate, as we look back today and I think about it, so how do we let God fight our battles? Look at this quickly with me. We realize it's not our battle, it's the Lord's. The scripture says, this is not your battle, this is the Lord's battle. And I don't know about you, I like to help God all the time saying, hey, God, can I help you with that situation? And what I find is God's always kind of removing, unprying my hands, trying to help him do stuff. that He don't need my help. And God, this is your battle. So this morning, I don't know what your battle is. Just say, Lord, it's your battle. Lord, forgive me of taking ownership. Forgive me of being prideful. Lord, I'm going to trust you. Lord, I've got a situation. I've been trying to figure it out. I can't figure it out. You know what the good news is? God's sovereign. God's in control. God's powerful. God's ruling. God is leading. And we recognize that we have human limitations. Write it in. Recognize human limitations and allow God's strength to work through your fears and through your weaknesses. Because we all got fears. Some of us in this room have bigger fears than others, but we all got weaknesses, every one of us. And yet in our weakness, he is strong. So this morning, God's just trying to say, offer that weakness to me. And I'll fight for you. And I know you're saying, Pastor, this message is so simplistic. It is. And I've got a guy in a minute. I'm going to, he's going to share a little bit about how the Lord fights for him. But we have a tendency not to let God fight for us. We have a tendency to get in our flesh and say, God, I'll muster up strength. I'll have the energy. 
But God just keeps saying, when you're weak, then I'm strong. When you're powerless, then I'm powerful. When you surrender, then I come through. I, I love what our God do when he says, let go, let me, inquire me, trust me, believe me. No matter how big or how small the situation is. So this morning you're saying, well, Keith, I've got a little bitty situation. Would God fight for me? Sure he would. You say, man, i got a really big deal. This is so big, it's depressed everybody in my family. Then get to letting the Lord work. Stay calm. You know what else I think it says? God runs the show. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, says Revelations. Christ is in control. And this morning, what I want to do, I thought I'd do it a little different. I'm inviting a good friend up. I think I've been his pastor the last eight years. And uh, we've been warring through stuff and praying through stuff and doing projects together. And I've just asked Matt to come. And why don't you put your hands together and just thank God for Matt this morning, Matt Bostic. And Matt's going to come sit. Hey, bro, welcome. And he just wants to share with us for a few minutes about how he's learning to let Christ fight for him. Because Matt, I mean, he's a world champion, athlete, strong guy, but he's really weak. Very weak. So Matt, why don't you just share with us just conversationally how God has been teaching you about, let me have control, let me fight for you. Well, I could have really used him last night. I found myself at the Davis Theater in front of 400 parents doing the moonwalk across the stage <laughs> as Michael Jackson, but he didn't quite show up. Wait a minute. That. Could you do that for us this morning? I'll move the rug. Afterwards. No, okay, okay, afterwards. afterwards. We'll okay. do it. Keith and I have been just pressing and praying through busyness and how when we're so busy, we tend to find life's easiest Band-Aids uh, just to try to mask it. And uh, we've been studying a lot of Paul's journeys uh, through the New Testament and uh, just the other day, Andrea, I called her to come pick me up from getting my tires uh, worked on. And I was taking a walk down Taylor. I said, just come get me. I'm just going to start walking. I need some time alone. I was thinking about Paul at the time. And I do this, I guess, pretty often. But what if Paul and I were walking down Taylor Road together? What would that look like? And uh, I looked to my left, and there was a strip center there. That didn't sound very good. A no, shopping I, I, center there. And um, Hey, let's edit that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> rewind that. And... Uh, so there was a, a mattress place, and I, I imagine myself saying, yes, Paul, that's where you get your mattress in case your back hurts. And next to that, um, if your back hurts, you can go to the chiropractor. And the place next to that is to get your nails done. I'm sure you have a lot of dirt underneath your fingernails and toenails walking. And anyway, and, you know, and then if you're hungry, you can go to Stakeout. And if you're you know, feeling fat, you can go to Mongo's Gym next to it. It was amazing how all these, all these things that you know, we have nowadays, and um, God's really been, been getting on me, especially having five children and one on the way. And a job of standing. Wait a minute. Did, you said five children. And, and did y'all hear what he just said? One on the way. One on the way. How about that, man? Yeah. Big surprise. All right, bro. You need the Lord fighting for of you. God All right, go ahead. saying, be still and know that I am God. And something that Amen. I uh, repeat often is Jim Elliott's quote that says, Satan knows the power of busyness, hurry, and noise because he knows the power of solitude alone with God. And that verse, it's pretty familiar, Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. The message version, let me read that part to you, says, um, God is a safe place. He's a great place to hide. But verse 10 says, step out of the traffic and take a long, loving look at me. And that's hard for me to do in the business, to step aside and say, God, I've got to be alone with you. And, but when I do that, God reminds me that, yes, Matt, you have a lot of responsibilities, a job. You know, I, I see that the finances don't always add up. But when I spend time alone with him and let him minister to my heart, he shows me that he is my response ability. He gives me the ability to respond to life's storms. And uh, 
he takes me back often to a passage in 2 Kings 6 where Elijah is on the run. He's with his servant, and they're, they're hiding out. God's been giving Elijah all these secret truths to defend, uh, defeat the enemies. And Elijah's asleep. His servant wakes up and looks out the window and sees he's surrounded by armies of men. And Elijah wakes up and immediately says, God, give my servant eyes to see. And what he sees is there's hundreds of thousands of angels on, on horses and flaming swords there to, to give them victory. The end of that verse in Psalms 46 says, he's the God of angel armies. Be still and know that I am God. And uh, looking back at, at what God was teaching me through Paul's journey in 2 Corinthians, he says that the things that are seen are temporary, things that are unseen are eternal. And so he has just been, um, I guess, just really hammering home the truth of solitude is so important in our faith in Christ and how hard it is in the busyness of this world and how easy it is to take life's band-aids and think they're just good enough when he's saying, please, Matt, would you get along with me and exercise the faith that you have that I can get you through it. And um, it's hard to do. I'm a busy guy. Everyone gets busy, but it's easy to turn to the things that are so temporary uh, the freest. So, wow. So, you're learning, uh, as, and you've been following Christ for how long? About eight minutes. No, uh, about eight long. minutes. A, a while, a long time. Yeah, since, since you were a, a teenager. Yeah, a kid. And and you're saying it's still requiring maybe more faith, exercising of your faith today than ever before to let the Lord fight for you. Because your tendency as an athlete is to what? To want to do it yourself? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a. Uh, and the other, the other aspect has been just seeing Jesus through my wife. And I know the guys, are, we, we talk about this all the time, but finding that piece of, of connection there right. through Andrea, um, spending time you know, with the Lord, has been just a, a brand new season of God opening up my eyes to his blessings through my bride. You know, Matt, it's neat that I have you up here this morning talking about your personal journey with Christ. And I get to have a front row seat because we pray on Mondays and we pray on Thursday and share a lot. But, you know, it's really the kind of the, the emphasis behind the whole 525 movement that you started that we should fight for our brides. We should fight for our marriages in the Lord's strength. Why, you know, we've we got just a couple of minutes. Just talk about that, man, just how that fleshes out, what it means to let the Lord fight for our marriages. For, for the longest time in my marriage, I'm trying to do it myself and trying to uh, just try to lead, to try to provide for our families. You okay. know, the things that we do as husbands, um, I, I missed the point for years, even on staff at a church, even as I was raising my kids, um, trying to do things in your own strength, work a third job, do whatever. Those are, those are great things. But I missed a crucial part, and that is that God had given me a helpmate in my wife. As we come together um, to the Lord, there is something supernatural, unseen that takes place. But she fulfills me and gives me a level of completeness uh, to be able to be the, the husband and father that I need to be. Amen. So you would go back to that verse in Exodus 15:3. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think he just is longing for us this morning, despite our own limitations or whatever we brought in here with us today, um, to stop and be still and, and to honor him. I was with Trey. We were hunting two years ago. I'll never forget this. And Trey would hopped off the four-wheeler, and he was running to check one of our cameras. And I saw a copperhead uh, to his left. And I said, Trey, stop and be still. And uh, I think that's what God is saying to us this morning, despite, I, and I know, let's just level the playing field. I know what it's like to come in here and be absolutely overwhelmed with life and feeling inadequate and feeling like there's no way I can let God fight for me. 
And I assure you this morning that however you're feeling, God is big enough. He is big enough to see you through it. He's worthy enough to set aside your distractions tonight, tomorrow morning, to say, God, let me see what I can't see. Let me see what you see, the things that are eternal. So ultimately, Matt, the Lord is our victory. And he so wants you and me and everybody here to experience victory, doesn't he? And, but yet, I think we miss that victory how many times because we what? We won't surrender. Our pride gets in the way. We're not willing to let the Lord fight for us and be our strength and be our protection. And uh, so, man, thanks for just sharing some of your walk and getting personal. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to us getting to do this again soon. Hey, man, y'all thank Matt Bostick for coming up today. Love you, bro. Wow. So, man, you're saying, man, it's pretty straightforward today. It is. You know, Matt, as you were saying that, I was thinking about the Willifords and uh, how they go to a, uh, another country in the morning. They, they start their track cross-country and uh, how they need the Lord to fight for them. But, you know, it's no different if we live here in Montgomery or Prattville or Wetumpka or wherever we live. And the church said, we need the Lord to fight for us. Amen? I mean, we just, you know, we're, we're not capable. So realize those human, human limitations and uh, begin to... I don't know if you heard Matt say that. He says, man, just daily, finding that strength in Christ, um, being alone with him, listening to his voice, getting instructions from my heavenly father. That's the first place to start. And I promise you, if you, choose, if you already do that, amen. If you don't, you can choose to start today or tomorrow. That'd be great. But believe me, there's going to be an enemy. It's, it's not going to be easy, and, but it's going to be worth it. And it's going to be eternal. So this morning is... Uh, I think the Lord would just have me say to you, draw close to God, and he'll draw close to you. That's what Scripture teaches, that we humble ourselves, we ask him, and he fights. And in your uh, notes today, I just left the thing that says, let God fight for blank. Let God fight for your situation. Let God fight for your marriage. Let God fight for your kids. Let God fight through your infertility. Let God fight through your finances. Let God fight for your promotion. Let God fight for you on this test. Let God fight through your depression. Let God fight through, you got it now? Let God fight. And I hope that you're, I hope today or maybe even now, you'll just write something on that blank saying this, this, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to just have a prayer. Lord Jesus, right now, would you speak to people in this room? Would you let them fill in that blank from the honesty of their own heart and say this is the thing i need the lord to fight for in my life today i'll go under if he doesn't come through lord would you fight for this in faith in jesus name amen in isaiah the 30th chapter the 15th verse there's a marvelous passage of scripture and uh, it's right at the very bottom of your worship god i wanted you to see it today It says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and in trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. In other words, you would forfeit it. You don't have anything to do with it. But I want you to see this. He says, but in quietness, in rest, in holding your peace, in calmness is your strength. Would you have some? Would you receive it from Christ Jesus today? Lord, that's our prayer today in this room, that people would just move over to that place. But I want to ask you a question. 
Are you willing to settle and stay on this side of the Red Sea? You're up against the Red Sea, if you will, spiritually, metaphorically. But I'll just stay here. I don't have enough faith. My prayer is that today you'll choose to let Christ take you across the sea. And that he'll war, that he'll fight for you. And whatever that difficult place is, you'll entrust it to Jesus. You know, this morning, uh, I just know Jesus wants to part the water. So on both sides of the room, the crosses are lit and people could be there to pray for you. This altar is open. I think there ought to be some kingdom activity. We've, got, we've certainly got some time to let it breathe here. Hannah and Jeff are going to do just one of my favorite songs. I, I listen to this at least once a month on Saturday nights getting ready for Sunday. Sometimes I listen to it over and over because I just need it. I know this song has God's spirit and his anointing on it, and I hope you'll receive it. But I hope you'll even move into it and embrace it. So right now, uh, receive this song, and why don't you do business with God? Why don't you come to the altar, go to the sides, stay in your chair, be still. This is my prayer for you and for my soul.